We recently launched our 2021 District Export Report, which takes a deep dive into goods and services exports from the United States to China. So to chat a little bit about this report, today we're going to be joined by Aaron Slauson, who is our senior editor in D.C., who co-authored this report with me. From the U.S. China Business Council in Washington, D.C., I'm Ian Hutchinson, and this is the China Business Minute. Aaron Slauson is our senior editor here in D.C., and she co-authored this report with me. So Aaron, welcome. Thanks for having me. Okay, so we just launched this report on Monday. So maybe you can run us through what are some of the top line figures in the report? So the report looks at three different components of U.S. exports to China. It looks at goods exports, services exports, and jobs that are supported by those exports. So in 2020, the United States exported $123 billion in goods exports to China. That's about an 18% increase from 2019, so not insignificant. It's also worth mentioning that the growth in goods exports wasn't concentrated in just a few districts. The majority of U.S. congressional districts saw an increase in their goods exports to China in 2020. The way we cover services exports is a little bit different. The most recent comprehensive data set we have is from 2019. So that year, the United States exported $54 billion in services exports to China. That's about a 3% decrease across the United States. Only 42 districts saw an increase in their services exports that year. And lastly, the report also looks at jobs supported by those exports to China. So jobs numbers take into consideration both goods and services exports. So because there's a lag in the services exports, the most recent job numbers that we have are also from 2019. So in 2019, in the United States, 916,000 jobs were supported by U.S. exports to China. The rebound in goods exports is probably the biggest takeaway from the report. Maybe we could talk a little bit about why that was the case. Yeah, of course. So in 2019, at at the real peak of of U.S.-China tariff escalations, the U.S. exported just under about $105 billion in goods to China. And then last year, we saw China institute some tariff exclusions to meet their phase one purchase commitments. And and that saw the number of exports of goods from the U.S. to China jump to about $123 billion, which is the second highest amount in a decade. So all of this, you know, despite being in the middle of a global pandemic. So when you're looking at the national map, it's pretty clear that most districts saw pretty healthy growth in goods exports to China. Um, 278 districts exported more to China in 2020 than the year before. And then two of those districts saw their exports increase by more than a billion dollars. So in Texas's seventh district, which is part of Houston, exports to China jumped by more than a billion dollars in the last year of data. And that was driven pretty exclusively by oil and gas. Similarly, in the state's 11th district, which covers the Permian Basin, um, a jump of about $845 million was also powered by fossil fuel. Um, In neighboring Louisiana, similar situation. The first district saw its exports of oil and gas to China more than triple. And then the third district, which borders Texas, also saw its exports of gas and oil double. So, I mean, these sales were driven in part by higher purchases in 2020 from state-owned firms in China trying to fulfill those purchase commitments. Further west, you have Oregon as another another major exporter that saw a pretty big increase. Semiconductors and their componentry are, as a whole, nationally the second largest category of goods that we export to China, and more than half of those come from Oregon's first district in the northwest of the state. It's home to a swath of, of chip fabs and, and other factories that are dubbed Silicon Forest, and this district saw its exports to China jump by 
almost $2 billion in 2020, and it was driven mostly by booming exports of semiconductors. In the heartland of the U.S., we saw soybeans, wheat, and corn exports really bounce back. China went on a really big purchasing spree of U.S. agricultural products in 2020, which led to a real record-breaking year. For example, U.S. exports of soybeans increased by 77% in just a single year. And this also came during a demand spike for these exports, which are used as animal feed, as China's pig herd was recovering from African swine fever. We did see, thanks to these tariff exclusions, boosted exports of agricultural products from these oriented from these states that are oriented more towards agriculture like north and south dakota both of which are at large districts and then nebraska kansas minnesota and iowa Um, nebraska's third district for example saw its goods exports to china double in 2020 and both of the dakotas whose exports are comprised mostly of oil seeds and grains also increased their goods exports by more than 440 million dollars It wasn't all good news, though, as South Carolina, Washington, and Kentucky saw a lot of their districts hit pretty hard by falling aerospace sales. Um, In 2019, aerospace products and parts were South Carolina's six districts' top export to China, and they sold about $2.4 billion. In 2020, that district's exports fell by basically 99% to only $2.8 million. And then on the other side of the country, in Washington's second district, which had once been a really large exporter of aerospace products to China, it exported about a billion dollars less of goods to China in 2020 than in 2019. And that was already after having fallen by 73% the year before. Washington's 9th district and Kentucky's 6th, also aerospace hubs, they tell a pretty similar story. So, but like goods obviously aren't the only thing that we export. We also have services exports. So, so maybe you can kind of run us through some of that services data as well. So as I mentioned earlier, U.S. services exports to China declined in 2019 for the first time in several years. But for the last decade, growth had been continuing quite steadily. Around 2016, it started plateauing. But if you look at numbers for 2019 and compare that to 2010, U.S. services exports to China have actually grown by nearly 162% over the last decade. And historically, the largest services export to China is travel. This was the case in 2019 as well. Um, The top services exports were education travel, other personal travel, industrial processes, and then business travel and passenger fares. However, overall travel decreased by about 10%. But there were a few bright spots. For example, congressional districts with Asia-Pacific shipping hubs saw quite strong exports. So Alaska is comprised of one at-large district that did quite well. Washington's 9th district, so the home of uh, the Port of Tacoma, did well. The districts that include the Port of Los Angeles and the Port of Long Beach also did well, even though they saw a slight decrease from 2018. The largest overall increase we saw in U.S. services exports to China was actually Illinois' 5th district, so this includes part of Chicago, which of course is a major shipping hub. Another bright spot is in educational exports, and this is literally tuition payments from Chinese students to U.S. universities, um, and those were up $500 million from 2018. So, for example, in a state like Wisconsin, every single district exported fewer services to China in 2019, except for the second district, which is home to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And educational services at $110 million were that district's top services export to China. When it comes to jobs, we see a similar pattern. So as I mentioned before, jobs numbers take into consideration 
goods and services. And for that reason, the most recent data we have is from 2019. Um, but just to give you a snapshot of what was going on in US-China trade at the time, it was the height of the trade war. Goods exports decreased that year, and the number of jobs supported by exports to China fell to around 916,000. To put that into perspective, in 2017, the number of jobs supported by exports to China was around 1.1 million. I'm generalizing here, but those job losses tended to be tied to patterns in specific sectors. So for example, the oil industry. So in Texas, for example, exports of oil and gas fell around 5 billion, if not more. And so that also took a toll on the number of jobs supported by those exports. In Washington, exports of aerospace products to China fell by more than 8 billion. And this hit the state's second district particularly hard. We don't have the data yet, but I think it will be interesting to see what happens with the services and jobs data for 2020, just because the services sector and travel in particular were hit so hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. But that's a question for next year's report. Okay, so that's the quick rundown of some of the stuff that's in our report. Um, you can find links below. We'll have links to the report itself and also to the appendix that includes data for all of the 436 congressional districts that we have to have a look at. So, Aaron, thanks very much for taking a bit to chat about this with us. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Again, Aaron Slauson is our senior editor in D.C. The China Business Minute is a production of the U.S. China Business Council. And you can always learn more about the work that we do on our website, uschina.org. If you like the show, please leave it a rating and a review as it will always help other people find it. As always, thank you very much for listening and we will be back next week.